podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, after a 10-day break with City dropping points, you thought Liverpool would be all rampant and put pressure by being seven points clear. Wasn't the case. One all, it finished against Leicester City. Disappointed, disjointed. Lucky to get away with a point. I think Gag summarised it perfectly with his tweet. Um, Quite frustrated, quite angry. Um, Not the end of the world, though, but... um, yeah, not good. One all, it finished against Leicester City at Anfield. And to join me on the NKS Live podcast, I am delighted to be joined by two awesome guests who are going to try helping me see sense and make sense of that game and some of the tactical subs by Jurgen Klopp. Um, I am delighted to be joined by Tadiva, Tadiva Chanakarit. Tadiva, welcome back. Yeah, that, that was quite an irritating game, Nina. Um, mm-hmm. I think the... The biggest frustration for me is probably that the weather played a bigger factor than many will be willing to admit. That that weather does not suit our style of play, and you can see even with our um, questionable tactics of um, sweeping our side of the pitch um, and and leaving Leicester's attacking side of the pitch just bare with with the snow. It really was a struggle for the players. It should. The club should just fucking take them to Scotland, mate, because they look like they really couldn't handle the call today. Um, uh, but we'll get into the game. Um, this is um the introductions and joining Tadiva. Um, I'm delighted to be joined by Sam Evans. Sam, welcome back. Thanks, Nina. Uh, feeling a bit flat after that result. Um, I think Tadiva's nailed it there. I think the the weather was a bit of a leveller. But, you know, I'm, I'm still positive, uh, as you guys were touching on earlier. We, we've still gained a point over Man City over this game week and we got one less game to go. So, you know, a real big missed opportunity. But, you know, we need to look at the big picture and we're on a great run. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, the more I think about it, I'm just glad that City lost yesterday because otherwise that would have just been, it would have been just a two-point difference, right? Uh, that would not have been good. So I'm glad Newcastle came through for us. Um, they did more of a job than Liverpool did. Um, anyway, joining us, we have some callers. So I'm going to go to our first caller. I am delighted to be joined by Harinda Singh Baji. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello, hey. Shadiwa. Hello. Sam, how are you? Good, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm very well. Oh. Thoughts first, question second. So, thoughts first. It's a bit shitty that we're five points clear. How terrible. Oh, no. What, what pain. What pain. Perspective, five points clear is better than being four points clear. It's not as nice as seven points clear. I'll take five points clear. The glass half empty part of it, though, is where the question comes in, which is as follows. Liverpool went and had all that warm weather training and came back and relaxed and focused for the game. And you hear all the buzzwords from Klopp, you hear the buzzwords in the programme. But, but a prepared and dogged Leicester who could shift us where they wanted us to be were defensively astute in regards to how they wanted to be. Lucky that 50 pence head didn't get sent off. Why is it that they can go for second balls? And we're like, oh, you'll bounce there, no problems. It's okay. Oh, somebody else has got it. Oh, oh, what a pity, as Klopp would say. What is it with us and second balls? We don't seem to like to go for the second ball. Leicester love it and, dare I say it, profited from it. We don't like to do it. Therefore, we got nothing from it. Thoughts of the panel? No, um, absolutely awesome question. It was something that frustrated a lot of us. And... um. Before we get to the question, um, uh, my personal thought on um, the whole point situation is, yep, five points is still better than four, like you said, but seven is seven, right? And against this Man City side. I mean, at the moment, it looks like the battle of the fucking bottle jobs. Who wants it less? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's fucking annoying. Liverpool, stop doing this to my anxiety. It can't handle it. Tadiva, I'm going to come to you first with a question. I mean... 
Um, we, you kind of touched on the warm weather. So, I mean, I don't think you really need to elaborate there. And I think Sam did as well. Um, let's talk about, um, well, there's actually a few crooks to this question. So let's talk about um, Leicester City's um, defensive display because it was, stark, it was a stark contrast to what happened against Wolves where, oh my God, I was watching their defending thinking, oh, I can't wait to play these. And they just seemed to naturally just put everybody behind the ball and just let Vardy be like the, the 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 sort of the loose man who they can play the ball to and hope for the best. Um, that's how I thought they set up and they were pretty much set up to just pretty much park the bus. Uh, you know, playing for a point. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, and I think look, I I personally think we have to expect that from nine percent of teams that are going to come to field. You can't give excuses anymore of oh they were on the bus couldn't to a lock because 90% of the teams are exact that including even some of the um, top six teams are definitely going to come and park the bus I'll give you only Chelsea are the ones I mean only City are the ones that are going to really come at us um, maybe a Bournemouth but you have to expect that and you, you have to be better um, I do think the team is obviously still growing and, and we, we always forget that this team is constantly evolving and constantly learning new ways of playing football under club and it's that contrast between trying to play a controlled game and still being as Harinda's mentioned um, how the team wasn't aggressive to the second balls it, it's a very very fine line of balancing that trying to control a game trying to move them around you know trying to be very patient and then also being aggressive enough to go for the second balls, aggressive enough to to switch it on with a quick pass. Um, you saw the money goal was a result of slow, slow, quick, slow, slow, quick. It's like a those American dancers, if you can say, um, like South American, you know, salsa type dancers, mm-hmm. where you got to switch the tempo, and the quick switch of the tempo is what actually unlocks it. And the team is still learning that, and I, and I think it's something that still has to be improved. For sure, for sure. And Sam, I'm going to come to you. I want to get your thoughts on um, Leicester's uh, defensive shape and I will let you take the lead with um, the, the the how Liverpool were kind of second, um, well, non-existent when it came to the second ball. Um, uh, so um, I'll let you have your thoughts first on, on the defensive aspect of mm-hmm. Uh, Leicester City and uh, I think Harinda said something about 50 pence head um, but I'll call him Maguire because I'm professional like that trying to be professional anyway and you know lucky to not have seen a red because he should have got a red and even more annoyed the fact that he fucking scored the equaliser I feel wronged and cheated yeah it's just sod's law wasn't it you could just see that he was going to be key once they didn't send him off for that that something would happen Um, yeah it's a great point by Harinda and I just find it kind of bizarre that one of our main tactics actually is to kind of knock it forward and, and mop up the second ball. You know, sometimes we do knock it over the top and the, and the defenders have to do a kind of tame header. And our attackers do kind of mop it up and, and, and take advantage of that quite often. It is a bit of a bit of a tactic, a clop, is to kind of lose it in dangerous areas and recover it and, and get on the counter-attack. <laughs> Um, so defensively, it was really, really frustrating today that the boys just were not switched on whatsoever when it came to the second ball coming in. Uh, you know, you you play zonally for the corner or the, the free kick or whatever, fair enough. But then once the, the, the ball has been cleared, you've then got to track the man because it's, it's just you can't play zonally on a second ball. It's carnage then. So you've got to at least run backwards with the guy and it, it was really disappointing today um i think you know there's loads of mitigating circumstances um leicester played really well today they played to their strengths i'll give them that um you know the pitch really did not suit our strengths uh we've got some major changes in the team unfortunately due to injuries and you know <coughs> that right back position i think really did disrupt us seriously today and I thought we were desperate for Fabinho in that midfield area, but I think he just wasn't quite fit enough to play the 90 today, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's again a bit like the, the Crystal Palace game. It's, it's a bit of a disappointment, but 
I really don't think this is us. It's it's not something that we should be panicking about too much. It's just the case of we, we need to get our first choice boys back in as soon as we can. And I think we'll see a vast improvement on that again, as we have done throughout the season so far. For sure. Um, uh, yeah, I'll have to agree with that. I felt like, um, you know, the the choices that Klopp had to make, which we'll get into later on, really didn't help. I felt like they were quite disruptive. It felt like the team looked a little alien as to what was going on and, you know, quite unsure of their positions. Um, Tadeva, would you would you say that was fair and accurate? Um, I felt like no one knew what spaces they were meant to occupy, what they were meant to do. You know, Henson, certainly in the second half, was caught out of position in all kinds of bother. It was almost like he had these conflicting um, you know, thoughts running through his head. Do I stay at right back or do I run into the midfield? Because there's a big empty hole gap in the middle of the park. He just did not know what to do with himself. And I felt like that was all quite disruptive and it kind of slowed down the pace because there wasn't many options in the middle of the park. And I think that made us look quite lethargic and slow as well because the decision making wasn't quick. Certainly in the second half, it, it, we look like we've not had a 10 day break. Yeah, that, that's what we would probably have hoped would have come out of the 10-day ten, ten break is, you know, being so familiar in the positions that they're going to be asked to play. You know, we, we knew we were going to need to induct a, a right back for this game or at least for the next few couple of games. So hopefully, you know, they would have trained that specific player. You know, it ends up being Henderson today. You, you hope that he would have had a lot of, you know, practice minutes in little mini practice games or something like that, just to familiarize himself with the position. But I think when you come up against a team that's been so well-disciplined, and we have to remember, Klopp Piol has had the better of Klopp tactically on a few occasions, on more, more, more occasions than we would actually like to admit. So Piol knows Klopp's game pretty well, and he knows how to stifle it. And then it doesn't help Klopp in that, He's coming against a guy that's all, that seems to get his number every now and then. And he's got players playing out of positions. Ideally, the way Klopp would be beating him is having the players he, you know, trusts in certain positions to be playing in those positions and actually have the, the freedom to exploit the talents that they have in those positions in the style of play he has. Whereas for Piol, I thought he set the team up really well. And if you don't have players that are familiar, it's very hard to unlock such a well-disciplined, you know, defensive unit. Mm-hmm. For sure. And Harinda, I'm going to bring you back in. You've heard what the lads have said. They've answered your question. I'll let you have the final thought on what they said. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Um, some parts I disagree. So, to deal, you know, I agree with you with slow, slow, quick, but there's generally no excuse for slow, slow, thick. That happened quite a bit. <laughs> go slow, go slow. Oh, no, let's not do anything. We did slow, slow, thick in the second half quite well. And in regards to Puel, or Claude Winnie the Puel, as my as I like to call him, Claude Winnie the Puel didn't have a Scooby when he got smacked at Leicester. They scored their one goal by an Allison error. Other than that, they were pants. And that was when we went there to the King Power. So Puel with Southampton, yeah. Got the better. Puel with Leicester, no. Today, granted, they were defensively fantastic. They did what they needed to do. But there's always this element with me now that makes me feel that they kind of, well, we kind of let them. We, it shouldn't be that about Anfield. And we're 90% of the people that will park their buses, 90% of the teams that have come and parked their bus have been beaten. Mm-hmm. You know, so we we know what we need to do. Yeah, if we replay what? the f- quick tempo game and press their defenders, like no one likes that. That's mm-hmm. how we force mistakes, and we didn't do that today. I, I can, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, my but only sentiment we... is they could have called Uncle Joe Howe to sort out their underfloor heating. He did mine the other week. It's fantastic. Pitch would have been all right then, but no, they let us know. The irony is we got rid of the snow in the 18 yard box, and it didn't help us a bit. <laughs> 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 oh well but the grand staff were great but onwards and upwards right at the end of the day we don't know what these weekend's results are going to bring all we can do is carry on with our five point lead go to West Ham do our business and carry on problem was Harinda we didn't actually get to the 18 yard box in the second half very often so we couldn't really capitalise on that could we no because we just did so thick yeah 
We did it enough times, like you just see it build up oh. in our own box, low, slow, slow. Oh, oh yeah. let's go back a little bit. Oh, oh no, go for And you could see Klopp being frustrated by this as well. You know, and forward, go forward. Oh, no, no, we're going to go back. Even Van Dyke at one point, he put a 70 yarder to Henderson. And a gr- granted, it was a great ball, and Henderson was just an inch away from it. But you could see the frustration on Van Dyke's face. That's not me criticizing Henderson in any way, shape, or form. It was just, yeah, I think anyone going towards that ball, unless you were a world class player, may have struggled to get get it under control. And in other conditions, mm. maybe he would have. But some of our touch as well, whereby we put the ball in front of us, and we're putting it two yards in front of us, even before we try and go get it. Leicester were onto that like a flash. But so, we have to again, also take into consideration the weather. You know, we can't do a full court press with this type of weather, because that's a red card waiting to happen. I, that was my biggest fear, actually, in this game, is that we're going to press too hard and too quick, and someone's just going to go slipping into someone. Where it's not intentional, but just because of the weather, you know, it, it's very wet under the on, on, under the boots and stuff. And then also with the likes of trying to do crisp passes, there's some passes where the ball was just being sucked into the pitch, and then... On the other hand, there were passes where it was just skidding off the pitch. So there's a difficulty there in playing the Liverpool style of play in, in an environment like that. Yep, I hear you. But then in our style of play, going backwards continually at certain points just doesn't help us. I think that was the key points there in some <clears> decision-making. <throat> However, I said, the beginning, my points still stand in my, in my sentiment, which is five points clear. We'll still be happy to be five points clear. Usually January is fucking shit for us. It hasn't been for a change. We're going on February. For sure. Well, Harinda, thank you so much for your call. No and opening up the extra discussion. Yep. No, um, uh, try enjoying it till Monday. And hopefully, hopefully we put the, you know, the, the, the bad performances, but we're still getting points. Like we did it against Palace. We got a point today. Hopefully we just start performing now. So here's hoping. But thank you so much, Harinda. No problems. Have a good evening, all. You too. Goodbye. Righty ho. So that was Harinda starting off the highbrow discussion on the Nina Kaza show. It's had a glow up. We're going to move on to our next caller. It is Rowan. Rowan, welcome to the live NKS show. Hey guys, how are you doing? I I really don't want to host this, but you guys are <laughs> awesome. So you know, labour of love. Okay, so I've just got a couple of points, and my, my second point, I might get shot down a bit, but I'm just going to go with it. Um, my first one is, I think, and I know you've touched on it already, but I think the conditions played a massive part today. I think that uh, the pitch suited Leicester in the fact that they could sit deep, we couldn't get our passing game going. I mean, I'm sure everyone noticed that when we were playing the ball around, it was just getting held up in the pitch. So it was kind of hard to get that quick play going, I think. Um, so yeah, so I'm definitely blaming that to the pitch. I've calmed down. I was going absolutely nuts about 10 minutes ago. I've calmed down a bit. Five points clear still. Like you said, it could have been worse. Um, I'd rather we made this slip up and, you know, got the draw when City lose rather than City winning and get the draw. So, so yeah, mm. that's just my first point. My second point, and I might get shot down for this, is I've been saying now for months that as good as our squad is as this year, as good as our front three are, I still think we need a fourth. And, and what I mean by that is another quality player um, that matches some of the attributes that our players currently have. Because if the guys have a bad game or they lose a bit of form, they pretty much know they're in next week. There's no one really pushing them. If you look everywhere else on the pitch, defence and midfielders, there's somebody else pushing, trying to take that jersey, getting that starting eleven. And as good as our front three are, if they're not having their game, there's really nobody else coming off the pitch. And for me, I don't think Sturridge and Lalana can keep up with our play. I don't think, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're anywhere near the levels of the front three. And I know it's difficult because who do you go out and find? But do you, I remember the great, um, and everyone's going to hate me for saying this, the great United team back then. And I think Alex Ferguson always said, you need five strikers to win the league. I know football's changed now. We do different formations. However, I still think we're just missing that fourth quality attacker. And I don't mean Shaq, just to, just to push the guys in training and to step in if one of the guys lose form. I just want to see what you guys think about it. This is not controversial at all. 
Can I just say, I think you're absolutely spot on. I want to hear what the lads have to say on this. Sam, I'm going to come to you first because I think Rowan's touched on something there because pretty much the, the like when, for example, when I'm say watching the game with my brother and I'm like saying, Oh, have you got the team news up? Or, or if I'm, if I'm going to repeat it back to him, I read the team and then I just say front three speaks for itself. Like that's at the stage that we're at right now. Do you yeah, understand what do you know what I mean? Like we know what the front three is. Like that goes without saying. And today they they did struggle. They did suffer. You know there was no space. You know again we found in the second half for me. You know just started dropping really deep again because of no room in the midfield. Shakiri, uh, you know, got hooked. He started the game. I don't think he should have really started the game, given you know the fact that I think he's more effective off the bench. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this because. I think, you know, the, the substitute of, you know, like a attack-minded midfielder in Adam Lalana and Daniel Sturridge, like Rowan said, I don't think they're up to pace. I think they've, you know, they, they've fallen behind ever so slightly. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this because it would be nice to have that kind of option. You know, like if, if a team parks a bus, you kind of want a player that can break the bus, who can try the long-range shooting, which we know Shakiri can, but I felt like he wasn't in the opportunity to do so today. Yeah, I think there's a couple of really good points by Rowan, actually. I don't think his second one was controversial whatsoever. I agree mm-hmm. with you there, Nina. Um, first of all, he's bang on with the conditions suiting Leicester. I think, as you said, not only did it slow down our attacking play, it then made us make mistakes in attacking areas, and then they could boot it over the top, and the ball would slow down lovely for the likes of Vardy and the other guys to chase after it with their pace. So, it, it kind of suited them twofold in that in that sense. And regarding the extra attacker, I don't think it's it's just for the form thing. It's also for rotation, keeping, keeping them fresh. Yeah, which also obviously feeds into them then being in form. And it, it's just the case of you know we, we've got such a strong squad compared to what we did have, right? And we, it's it, we are asking a lot. I know. I just I would have loved it if we could have got that extra attacker like we were going for Fakir previously and everything. Um, and it's not just because we've dropped points today. In general, you see Man City, they've got the stronger squad. You know, I think we're seeing them struggling now, even with that stronger squad, because they've got so many games and they're in every competition still. We're not in as many competitions, so that's a bit of a leveller. But we are still definitely an attacking player light, in my opinion. I The, the season started off really, really promising for Sturridge. And I, I had got my hopes up that he was getting to a point for the first time in a couple of years where we could really rely on him and he looked really sharp. Um, it, it's very difficult for him, to be fair, when he's getting 10 minutes at the end of a game. I was just going to say, he started off with a lot of belief, didn't he? Like, it was almost like he finally yeah. buckled down and believed in and bought into you know the Klopp way of playing and how he's going to be used. And Klopp was using him. And then I feel like he's become a bit of an afterthought for Jurgen Klopp, which means that it's, it's almost like he's kind of lost his form, lost that vision again. It happens. Yeah, exactly. And... I don't know, it's happened a few times with Sturridge, I feel. Like, he started the season off promising, but then he kind of, maybe he's lost a bit of, I, I don't know, not confidence, but he, he's lost a bit of oomph now because mm. he's been a bench man for so long. You know, eventually, when he plays that well, he ends up getting a starting burst, but he's never going to be the first choice for us with those front three there. And I don't know whether he's lost um, that that little bit of... I don't know what it is at the start of the season that he had and he's a bit demoralised now. So, yeah, you know, we, we could really have done with an extra wide man that can play either side, can play in the middle with a bit of pace, basically. And that's what I feel, you know, is something we should be targeting in the summer. But as things stand, I think we've got an excellent squad. But as soon as we looked at the bench when we needed to change something today and because we've had a few injuries and we're bringing on Lalana. I knew that game was going to be ending up in a draw. For sure. I'm going to come to Tadiva, but I've just read something in the chat and it kind of made me smile a little. Jurgen read, that's Dell, obviously. He wrote, I know we dropped two points, but it's better to drop two points in the same game week as City dropped three points. It's a one-point game. And he goes, side note, Arsenal are now for, in fourth place, so they have something to play for against City. So you know what? We're trying to we're trying to keep the momentum up on this pod. Tadiva, I'm going to come to you with regarding options and you know more, more strikers. Because um, I felt like... 
yeah, we were looking at the team and we're thinking, well, something's not quite working with Firmino. He looks a little tired. Sadio Mane looked exceptional pretty much all the way throughout the whole game. You know, he was the one that was trying. I felt like more Salad then started dropping deeper and deeper as well. But it, we've got, we're in a situation where you think they're, they're not playing the best and when Shakiri's already playing and he's he's been subbed off you don't have an option so you're like thinking shit they gotta play through this I want to get your thoughts and your response to both Rowan and Sam's um, points there yeah I thought Rowan made some really really good uh, points and Sam echoed them quite well um, I think the biggest issue at the moment is and it's probably the hardest thing to do for any club um, is finding players that are willing to sit on the bench but be talented enough to challenge those Spot on. Yep. Mm-hmm. and you can see um just a basic example of spurs they've had that problem for years with harry kane they've tried signing the younger player in jansen and he didn't quite develop because he wasn't getting enough games then they've tried to go really old with lorente okay he scored today but clearly he's not necessarily the level that they want um it, it's such a difficult thing to do no talented or extremely talented player and especially the players we we are all thinking of that type of caliber is going to be keen to come on and sit on a bench um and we we i personally i'm always like to be brutally honest and we have to be honest in saying Firmino is probably one of the first players in Klopp's team and it will be extremely difficult to see any player coming into this club and taking Firmino's role in the team like it it, for me, it, it just seems like it's a. It would take a really special player to do that. Not to say Firmino is the best player in the world, but just to say the value that is seen in him by the coaching staff is greater than maybe you know um, the individual works of a certain player coming in. Now, if you have someone like that, where you know we spoke about Sturridge, how he started the season off really positively, and I and I thought Sturridge bought into the team for the first time in a while. And yes. this is certainly the first time in Klopp's era where he understood, okay, my role is no longer as a starter. And a reality check as well from his loan spell, right? Yes, exactly. Um, and, and he bought into the, the idea that, okay, I've seen that the grass is not that green on the other side and maybe this, this role, I can actually play this role. But if you're playing that role as you know the, the fourth choice front three player, um, you also have to have that little bit of belief that you could break into that team. And if you look at, if Sturridge came on today in this game and he scored a hat-trick off the bench, next week, 100% Sturridge is not starting. We could all pretty much say that. The front three would stay the same. And I think maybe that's the realization that maybe the likes of Sturridge and the Origis have come to, is that no matter how well I play, the front three is going to start regardless. And that becomes a very dangerous thing because with a league season, you need more than 11 players. You Cup runs, you can go with 11 players. But this is a league thing. And this is why Liverpool haven't won the league in so long because we haven't had a squad that's mm-hmm. good enough to win the league. So somehow Klopp's going to need to motivate these squad players. We need goals off the pitch. We need goals off corners from our centre-backs. We need you know, world, worldies from 25 yards from, you know, Gini Wijnaldum and the Caters. It can't just come from the front three. And I think that's now the next challenge for Klopp to to help us, you know, carry us over the line, Ira. For sure. I'm going to bring Rowan in now because obviously I think he might have fallen off his chair because we were all in agreement with what he had to say. Nothing controversial there. Rowan, you've heard, you've heard what the panel said. We all pretty much agree with you. You've heard what they've said in terms of response of um, how it would help the squad. want to get your thoughts before we let you go. Yeah, I I slightly disagree with some of the points that were just made in the sense that, look, I know we're not a Man City, but, you know, you look at their bench, Sane, probably one of the best wingers in the world, left on the bench. Aguero, one of the best strikers that the Premier League's ever seen, left on the bench at times. I'm not saying I'm asking for somebody to come in and sit on the bench. My point is, is in training throughout the week, whatever, the front three know they've got to up their game because they've got this other guy here that's just as good, maybe not better, but just as good that can come in and take their place. And then thinking, you know, not just on today's game, but in future games, you know, we're playing a team, it's 1-1. We've absolutely battered their right back, their left back all game with with um, Mane or Salah if he's playing out wide. And then somebody else is coming on with similar attributes. That fullback's head's just going to drop. You know, he's blowing because he's just been run ragged by these guys. 
and then somebody's coming on, you know, to take their place. And the point about Bobby Firmino, I totally agree. He's, you know, for me, I think he's the glue of the team. But these guys can't play all the games we're going to play. I'm thinking beyond. And maybe, you know, Klopp and the team are going to fix it in the summer. But I want to I want to win some of the Cups. I want to, you know, get far in, in the Champions League. And of course, it's all about this season and winning the league. I get that. But I just think with just going with just free up, you know, the free that we have, it's not enough. And I'm not, you know, criticising anybody or the recruitment tactics. I trust in Klopp. I just think we're missing the trick by not having that extra attacker. But great to hear some of the views and points from the guys. No, thank you so much for calling, Rohan. Really enjoyed your your comments on the game and uh, just in Liverpool in general. So thank you for that. No worries, guys. Keep up the good work. You too and stay positive, she says, after that negative intro. Always. We're (laughs) going to win it this year. Always, always. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Okay, so that was Rowan. I think we have another caller. I think it's the pod lord or the pod overlord himself, Gags Tandon. Are you there? I am. I'm just about here. I'm not very uh, enthused as I was me, last night. Yeah, I know. Fucking hell. It comes to something when you're more buzzing off a Newcastle United result than your own. Go on then. Hit me I'm, with I'm, I'm the On the bright side, you know, Chelsea fans will be quiet for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, they've been quiet all season. They're a non-factor for me. No, no, they have been. They've been. They've been vocal with the Hazard stuff. They'll be. They'll be shut up now. They won't be saying anything. But anyway, it's all about us. And I think. Uh, I think we. I've got a couple of points I want to make. I just want to talk about the performance first and foremost. I thought that um, that's probably the worst performance in the league of the season from us. Uh, the lowest xG apart from City at home, zero point five five from us according to Understat. That's really woeful and Leicester 1.09 Leicester edge beating us at home on the uh, on the xg that's that's not good that's very rare as well so um all of our shots just really poor all of Leicester's shots in the box i think when you come down to it you have to praise Leicester overall and say that they did a great they had a great plan and they you know avoided big chances we didn't create a big chance at all the Mane goal isn't a big chance. It's a very good finish. They, they did not concede a big chance from us. Mm-hmm. And which teams which teams have done that, Anfield, this season? None. Uh, not only that, how many teams have, you know, restricted us to nine or ten shots in a game at Anfield? That's the lowest number of shots as well. At the end of the day, sometimes you've got to take your hat off to the, to the opposition as well. And Puel loves to play us. And uh, he, he showed that at um, Leicester. Sorry. At uh, Southampton, like Bardi said earlier, uh, not only that, the games have been tight with him. We've beaten two, one, three, two, two this season and last season at home as well. There's, it's never been a smash against Puel ever. Comfortable sometimes, never a smash though. So he's a he's out tactic. You know, he's outdone Klopp in the past. He's one of the managers that's got a good record against Klopp, and he showed that again tonight. So. I think in the end, with what we had, getting the point was important because in the second half, they were going down our right where Hendo was and Hendo was leaving loads of gap. But that's not his fault. Yeah, he's not a right back. He's not a right back, so I'm not going to blame Hendo. Also, they were getting in behind him so easily and Matip was just Bambi on ice at times. The back, well, what the hell was going on in the box? He was just sliding around and not getting any challenges in. So, I, 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 been... You know what, though? Um, I, want, I want the lads to jump in on this. Um, we're just going to have a discussion because I, I, another I, call is... For me, the whole Matip thing, I think the, he had a case of like a Dejan Lovren. When Dejan Lovren gets a yellow card, it completely derails his performance. Don't get me wrong, Matip didn't have that kind of performance. But what I'm saying was, after that yellow card that he got, I thought... He thought that if I do something stupid again, I've got to be very conservative in what I do. And I think that yellow card, which was an utterly pointless yellow card, by the way, people. So the ref had a howler, which we will get to later on. I feel like if he does not get that yellow card, he has an all right game. I'm not. I'm not so sure the yellow card was really that that much of an effect on him at the end of the day because I think so. I think so because who's he marking Vardy? Who's their threatening man? Vardy. If yeah, he but, fucking if he plays a mistimed tackle on him, gags he's off. No, but the only times he had to tackle was in the box, and he's never going to go for that anyway in the box because it's a penalty. So either way, it was never outside the box where he got done. It was always in the box when they were inside in the second half. I don't think the yellow card. I think I was more pissed off that we didn't attack Maguire when he was on his yellow card more than anything. Mm-hmm. Mo playing up mm-hmm. front for me was just 
is just a waste in these games. He should have been wide where he gets the ball more attacked. He was more, deep as well in, in the second half for my just, for me. He was too too deep. Klopp, Klopp got a lot of things wrong in this game. At the end yeah, of the day. Put, I, I think put it so. Down to a bad game, and and you know what, we didn't lose. That was the key. City lost. We make a point on them. Yeah, it's not ideal. It's not the best thing because we wanted to make it seven, but we still extended the lead. Either way, we still extended the lead. And, a guy uh, Drinkle goes thought that uh, Matip was better than Virgil Van Dijk. I have to agree with you because Virgil Van Dijk plays some really dodgy passes, you know. Yeah, he did. And that's he that's some... rare for him, you know, for dodgy us to say passes. that, which tells you that the condition of the pitch was bad. Well, uh, Alison was Alison was really making. <laughs> oh, you know what? He likes to give us heart attacks against Leicester. I'm sorry, he just likes yeah. to do it. So there was there. Was, it wasn't good all the way around, and I think. I think nobody was comfortable with with a makeshift right back again. We have to take that into consideration. We didn't have any protection in midfield either. There was times where the second half, it looked like they were just going to play straight through us. We had to do last-ditch tackles. It wasn't good at all. It wasn't good. Nothing. Okay, just stay there, guys. I want to get the thoughts of the lads from your response as well. Um, So we know that you're not happy. And... uh... Okay, um, Sam, I'll come to you there. Gags has said quite a fair bit about um, his performance. Um, What are your takeaways from what he said there? Yeah, I t- t- totally agree with Gags. We we didn't play well today. So and and I think a lot of that is down to Leicester playing really well themselves and and playing a good game plan. Um, combined with catching us on a bit of an off day, um, the load loads of factors. But we we really didn't play well, and I think a lot of it is to do with the injuries, and we've then had to do a bit of a rejig. Uh, you know, Henderson on the right positionally, I don't think he had a clear what he was doing. You know, I thought he worked his ass off and he put in some lovely crosses. And, you know, I, lo- I know a lot of the Twitter film has been, um, you know, we let Nathaniel Klein go and it's outrageous and everything, right? But I, I can see both sides of it. Um, I don't think Klein would have particularly performed any better going forward than Henderson did for us today. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 the thing that annoys me about it is we then have to play one of our midfielders in the right back slot, um, so that's more why it was a shame that Klein went for me. Not that he's you know a brilliant attacking right back or anything, because at the end of the day, our left and right backs they need to be a, an attacking outlet. That's one of the main functions of yeah, them. Really missed Trent today, didn't we? Really missed yeah. him. Yeah, because you know when we've got these really well organised sides, Robbo and Trent are absolutely vital to our game plan to get mm-hmm. in behind them. And um, so, you know, Henderson, you can see, kind of struggled with that a bit. Even yeah. Milner would have done today, you know. I know yeah. it's, you know, like, I know it sounds like, I know I'm stretching, but even a Milner would have been fine today because he knows the role. Yeah. I felt like Henderson had a lot of conflicting opinions and ideas in his head today. He he was looking at the middle of the pitch thinking, oh, my God, there's gaps. Oh, my God, I'm playing right back. What do I do? You know, he's a bit of a creature yeah. of habit. Yeah, he, he didn't have to deal with, you know, a winger like Zaha or anything. So defensively, there wasn't that big a problem right back when they had the ball. Um, it was more to do with when we had possession, it just killed our attacks. You know, a lot of the balls as well. I know we don't want to bang on too much about the weather. People do and you know get annoyed with it. But I'm just surprised that what was going on with the under-soil heating. I know Harinda touched on it earlier, but surely... Did they have that much snow that came down and and uh, sleet or whatever it was that it, it couldn't have melted? I didn't really get what was going on there. You know, top level Premier League side. I thought that would have been cleared at least by half time. So, um, and I think that really did disrupt us as well. So it was just really disjointed. The midfield didn't really work again. You know, Kate just starting to show some signs. Some really good signs, and we're gonna. I'm sure we're gonna talk about the the biggest talking point of the second half there with Kate does uh, being fouled in the box. Um, but generally, I think that the big problem today was the midfield didn't work. Fabinho really needed to be in there, but he wasn't fit. Maybe Henderson could have been in there, but he had to play right back. And I think that really did lead to a extremely disjointed Liverpool performance today. For sure. Okay, some chats coming up. I'm going to come to Tadiva now. Um, Rohan thinks um, against Amari Gray, um, Milner would have um, got absolutely roasted. Okay, noted, point taken. Completely forgot that part. But yeah, I just felt like maybe just to be a bit more defensive rather than, you know, trying to be all attack-minded and be out of position and leave acres of space, which I don't think Milner usually does. Um, Tadiva, I'm going to come to you. Um, I want to get your response on things. 
Yeah, I, I, I thought it was, uh, as Sam has said, obviously the, the, the pitch not being, you know, melting the snow as quickly as we would have thought. Um, that, that was quite interesting and maybe something will come out on that. Um, I don't know if Klopp has mentioned anything to that effect in his post-match chat. But in terms of um, Henderson playing right back, um, personally, I, I would have preferred Camacho playing there purely because I, I thought he could at least handle pace and at least has played right back to some effect. And the one game you don't want to test out a, a new right back is probably when you're playing a fast pacey winger. And I did think they made a mistake in Gray playing on the right early on and they quickly solved mm. it by... Yes, they did. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was quite an interesting one, but. And it was mad how, whilst he was playing on their right hand side and our left, um, Henderson looked quite comfortable (laughs) in that little time. Yes. And he, he had acres of space. I thought there were, there were quite a few times where he tried to make runs in behind because he wasn't being tracked or he somehow he just had so much space. Um, but obviously, again, with, with the weather and with the pitch, I don't think that crossfield ball was on as much as we would have probably liked it to be on. Um, but yeah, look, team selections, we, in hindsight, we can always, you know, question the manager. And if it, if, if we win, no one would probably be mentioning it now. No, fair enough. I think Gags wants to come back in. Yeah, I mean, it's all all fair points. I think the biggest question is going to be, and the biggest uh, the biggest talking points that I, I find found on uh, Twitter at least was the referees' decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I want I want to hear what you guys think about. I got told on Twitter that there were something like five big decisions that didn't go our way. Five, yeah, five. Five massive decisions from Cam, Cam, Cam underscore LFC, AI Pro subscriber. So I want to know what you guys think. Um, yeah, I can give you the five actually. Maguire leaning elbow to the face, not standing his ground, and Didi stepped on Nabby's foot as he was preparing to shoot. Evans was just behind Mane, but from a standing start. So, uh, you know, that's what you're saying about the, the, the Maguire. Um, that should have been a red card. Two offsides went the wrong way, indisputable. Mane nine yards out, and Allison's point blank save. Um, I'd like to hear what you guys think. And also the soft yellow card on Matip. It wasn't a yellow. I just think that's a non-factor, but there were bigger bigger things in the game. No, that affected his game. Shut up. It affected his game. I I will live and die by myself. By that one, just shut up. So forget the red card for them. Forget the offsides. Forget the penalties. Yeah, your fucking material <laughs> card is the fucking only fans. Get out. The like, biggest factor of the game. Yeah, I, I said it. Be, I'm, I'm just gonna, being an asshole. I'm gonna give you get out on Twitter, and you'll know why. <laughs> Piss off. Leave me alone. But again, no, it's a decision that he got wrong. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but let's, let's let, let, go to the panel for the other, the other five, please. All right, then. I will come to Tadiva. Tadiva, um, again, the referee is shocking. They always are. Um, I felt like the uh, commentary team really didn't help as well because they went straight to a, a referee expert, an ex-referee, and uh, certainly the one in Naby They're like, very little. You don't see them given. And then they went back to the replay and they were like, nope, that is a straight. That's a, that's a, that's a penalty and we've seen them given. But before that... Maguire should have been sent off and he scored a goal. I kind of touched on that. I want to get your thoughts. What did you make of the referee's performance? Because as, lo- as much as we're lauding Leicester for their defensive game and how they played, they got a big fuck-off massive help from the officials. Yeah, I, I think it's a fair point to say that they did get a bit of help. But um, for me, I'll start with the Cater incident. And, you know... There's been a lot of talk this season, as as there is every season, but a lot more this season, maybe because Salah is the the focal point of this thing. But if Cater doesn't get given that as a foul, how can you then now question why players are diving at the moment? Because that's clearly he clearly got you know tripped, and if if I'm getting tripped and I'm not getting a penalty, yet players you know are going diving, and you know obviously we know the. the the prime candidates who do dive and then nothing is ever said about them. But when Mane, I mean, when Salah gets, you know, clobbered, it's considered to be diving. But 
you have incidents like that that just show you why players dive. I think it's justified why players dive if the refereeing is not going to be to the standard where they can, you know, pick out times when it really is clearly a penalty. Do you think um, it's a case of the media yeah. setting the agenda for the referees now? I, th- I think it plays a factor because remember, referees are human beings, and I think that's something maybe we we all tend to forget at point in time. So it's not like they they they're closed off to maybe the twitters or the newspapers or you know post match analysis and stuff like that. So they know there's been a you know there's been this campaign of Salah as a diver this entire season. So you'd have to imagine any decision they make regarding Liverpool they don't want to be the referee in the headlines of giving a penalty when someone has dived. I think that plays a factor, definitely. Um, but Didn't one of their players dive in the first half? Like, I can't remember which one it was. But the narrative has nothing to do with Leicester themselves. So it's it's a lot easier to, you know, to not pay attention whenever their players dive compared to when Liverpool dive. Purely because of the narrative that's been created. You've, yeah. you've seen time and time this season where other teams' players dive and nothing is said on, you know, the match of the days or any other analysis that's done purely because it's another player, not a Liverpool player. And especially. I think Rashford dived yesterday, right? Was it yeah, Rashford? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lingard. I think it was Lingard for the penalty. Oh, was it Lingard? I think so. I think. Yeah, it yeah, it was, it was Lingard. Yes, it yeah. was. But but as, as I said, that that's one of those things where it's just going to go with us for the rest of the season. I think there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, in terms of the other decisions, look, uh, I'm of the opinion that the Premier League refereeing isn't at the standard, maybe on par with how highly the Premier League is rated. And maybe that's something that they're looking at. Maybe it's something that they can fix. Maybe VAR coming in will, will assist with that. But... We know there's going to be dodgy refereeing in the Premier League at some point in time. Over 38 games in a season, we can't expect it to always bounce in our favour. And obviously, we would love it to to be fair and to be right and everything. But it's just because of human error, it's just never going to happen. And we, we've we had our fair share of, in inverted commas, luck earlier in the season or even just justified luck in you know decisions going our way. Whereas in those games where we had the luck, I would argue that our you know expected goals and our creative play was a lot more impressive than this game. So maybe you do make your own luck in a game where we didn't really create much. We weren't really you know looking, or we were looking to score, but we didn't look as dangerous as as other games. Maybe that then falls into that you know in inverted commas you make your own luck and it's just unfortunate that it's a talking point at the end of the game but mm-hmm. overall I don't think we did enough and I, I like what Pep said in yesterday's game against Newcastle where he wasn't focusing on you know the referee's decisions and stuff you know he ignored the the yellow card for De Bruyne and said he didn't see the incident pulling in the Wenger <laughs> the Wenger old tricks thing. I, I thought he saw, he he must have seen it. He just didn't want to get in trouble. I think as fans, yeah. for us, we have to just hold our hands up and say, regardless of the referees, regardless of those type of decisions, our team didn't do enough, and yeah. that's how I see it. Yeah, um, uh, for sure. But it just infuriates me the fact that you know there were some big calls and not a single one of them was correct. I mean, Sam, I'm going to come to you. I want to get your thoughts on the referee, but it just feels like. Maybe when I was watching football when I was younger, there was maybe, you know, errors were like, seemed a few and far between, you know? And now I feel like they seem to be like, like we, like Gag said, apparently there was five highlighted today in this game. And I feel like, yeah, there is human error and there's a lot of counter for that. I feel like the media does set the agenda. I want to get your thoughts on that. And more importantly, I feel like we, we are more, walk to referees and how many errors they make is because of the power of social media the replays everything gets analyzed scrutinized the fact that you can't hide so you get to see things from various different angles which is um, a luxury and it just kind of i don't know almost undermines the role of the referee in them making the right call i want to get your thoughts on that yeah, to, to be perfectly fair, right, to referees, it is an incredibly difficult job. The, the pace of the Premier League is unbelievable. Everything it won't be for me. Everything would go Liverpool's way. I would be the yeah, most biased right. fuck in the world. Yeah, we, we, we wouldn't have dropped a point so far. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but to be, to be fair, it is, it is a really difficult job, right, in the, in the blink of an eye. 
you can miss something quite easily. A player gets in the way of your line of sight. There's loads of things that can go wrong, right? So there's always going to be human error. We have to accept that. And, and you know, that's definitely why I'm a big advocate of bringing VAR in. Um, you know, I'm a big rugby fan. It's been in rugby for a long time. They utilise it really, really well. Looking forward to them actually getting, you know, ironing the creases out of that in football. Uh, I think it will eventually be a really good thing. You just might have to have a few years of dodgy back and forth with it. But I, the reason why I want it is I think that it will actually benefit the top teams more than the, the, the lower teams, purely because of the fact that the law of averages, um, you know, Liverpool in general are on the front foot. They're in the box a lot. They have a lot of chances. Um, the, the chances are you're going to create things that, that, that might be either goals or penalties. And I think we'll end up getting a lot more decisions that way. Um, today, now, I think we had those four penalties, was it, in the space of about a month? And then the media got on our backs massively, saying they were divers and everything. And have you noticed this kind of... I don't know if it could be purely a coincidence, but all of a sudden we're not getting the decisions anymore. It's it's gone back to last season yet again. You know, as Gag said, uh, there was that one where basically Harry Maguire forearm smashed Salah in the mouth. Um, on first viewing, I thought oh, that that's a, that would be a bit soft, but he, he did just smack him in the face in the box. So for me, that could easily been a penalty. Um, the the one where you're saying about Maguire getting sent off. I'd like to see it again because I don't know. He hit it to the side and I haven't actually seen a replay because I was just swearing at the TV at the time <laughs> in, in, a, in a rage. But if Mane was going to get on the end of that, then that is a red card purely for the fact that if you watch it again, Maguire just kicks him out because he knows he's through on goal. And it's not it's not the last man thing. That isn't the rule, is it? It's, it's a goal-scoring, a clear mm-hmm. goal-scoring opportunity. And that would have been a clear goal-scoring opportunity if Mane was getting on the end of it. So I'd like to see it again. But from my first impression, I thought that he was going to get on the end of it. So for that reason alone, and the fact that it was a pure professional foul by Maguire, he knew he had to hack him and he did. So for me, that could easily have been a red card again. But again, I can see why he's given a yellow. Um, But obviously, the the biggest one of the game is definitely that Keita one. a penalty clear, all day, yeah. A clear penalty. And it pissed me off so much, right, listening to the coverage. And they said, oh, no, no, I, I, you've seen them given, but I don't think so. And I was like, what are you on about? And they, they showed the replay, and he actually kicks Kater's left leg into mm. his right leg, which then makes him scuff the shot. So it, it was a... Yes, but, but we needed to see the, the replay to do it. And VAR next year next year will probably help with that. It's so yeah. tough to get that right in the first view. I that, think a lot of those... Yeah. The problem with a lot of those decisions today were that on the first watch, you couldn't give them. On the first watch, initial watch, maybe the angle, you couldn't give them. You need that second view... And we get the hindsight, we get the replay. So we're, we're going to moan about it and we're going to be upset. But right at that time, it's a hard one and it's a tough one. And so, so they've Rowan, not gone our way to Yeah, do. Rowan's just wrote in the chat box, Robbie Savage says, who's catching Marnie? Not any of real times in that I would. Um, not even at your peak, Rio. Rio, yeah, remember you, get, you and Vid, um, Vidic used to get done by Fernando Torres. Uh, you, you know, just sit down, mate. I think Jedster is the best drugs test for Virgin Ampli. Yeah. <laughs> Ferdinand, I don't think he's catching if Mark, uh, Mike Ashley was your defender. Yeah, Mike and Mike. Mike Ashley, yeah, yeah I, I, but anyway, going back to the, the decisions, I, I honestly think they were tough ones to give. And the first viewing with VAR, yeah. we'd probably win the game. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I totally agree, Gags. I think it's it's really, really difficult decisions, which is why I'm not <laughs> blaming that today. At the end of the day, I think um, you're saying about the expected goals, that's a really good indicator of how well we played. And it shows we just weren't good enough today. And we shouldn't have to rely on those really marginal decisions to get Agreed. us through. We, wouldn't, we were not good enough today. Credit to Leicester. They were really good. They're a really good side on their day. They've signed some really excellent, promising young players as well. So I think they're going to get better and better. We've just got to take it on the chin and go, look, we're five points ahead at this point in the season. I wouldn't have dreamt we'd be in this position six months ago. So, you know, 
bit bit of a time to take stock. Look at the amount of points we got. We got sixty one points at this stage in the season. We've had well most seasons. This is our total for the whole season. It's been over the last ten years. So (laughs) it's it's unbelievable. So yeah, heading into Feb, five points clear is pretty damn special for us. And January is our worst month, isn't it? So let's get that bitch out of the way. Exactly, it's gone now. Five points ahead. Let's move on and just, you know, it it is funny though, isn't it? How sometimes when you get a 10-day break, one of two things tend to happen. And and obviously that might seem seem a bit obvious, but one of two things happen. They either come in absolutely guns blazing, flying out the blocks because they've had that kind of time to recharge or they come in a bit flat. And, you know, we started first five minutes well today, but then totally fell off completely today. Um, so I don't know whether that's to do with Leicester or whether to, you know, the break hasn't quite worked for us. Um, guy he put on the chat earlier, basically Van Dyke's been shitting all week. So I think that might have been a factor as well. He wasn't great today with his illness. So, um, yeah, let's move on. And uh, just got to beat West Ham now and this will be forgotten. No, for sure, for sure. I mean... I don't know if there's any more discussion points. Um, is there anything you want to talk about? Tadiva, I'll come to you. Anything you want to talk? Maybe the goal that we conceded because it felt like, um, again, um, kind of architects of our own fucking downfall to some degree. You know, stupid, stupid challenge by Robon. Absolutely no need. Um, you know, when Yaldum had that covered and, of course, a set piece and we get done by it. Yeah, it's just... Uh break in, in concentration I think from Robbo it's, mm. it's needless um, just literally s- stay on your feet and the rest going to blow the whistle for half time um, but credit to Leicester for actually capitalising it on it um, I thought the the line was a bit dodgy um, in terms of yes we did zonal for, for the free kick itself but the second phase after the free kick and maybe that goes to what Harinda mentioned at the beginning of the podcast with the second balls is once that ball has gone out of the box I think you then have to change to man to man opposed to still being zonal and, and yet it seemed like we were still pretty zonal then and, and I think that's what caused um, the disruption and, and led to the goal so so that's maybe something we can work on Um other than that, I, I, obviously they created a few chances, but I, I thought Allison did well to to keep us in the game. Um, oh yeah, crucial and, save. You know, yeah, crucial save. Despite you know, okay, Allison is going to have times where he miskicks a ball, um, especially in this weather. But I, I don't know if you guys are the same commentators as me, but they were acting like, you know, Alisson only ever makes mistakes and they never... That's the thing with with a goalkeeper like Alisson. They'll never talk about the millions of times or hundreds of times he helps us in scoring a goal, but they'll always focus on the two times that he makes an error. And, and I, I would rather have Alisson, you know, helping us score 100 goals and then maybe making a mistake for two of them because at the end of the day, we're going to be better off with him. But but that's just me personally. And then I think for me, the, the interesting thing for the game, maybe as a talking point as a whole, was the mentality, not just of the players, but the mentality of the crowd as well. We're not used to being, you know, top of the league, going, you know, going into the back end of the season and having that patience and that calm. I thought by at least, you know, by even like 55th minute, the crowd was already very antsy. It, you know, it was quite a tense, hostile environment. And that could have filtered to the players. I thought it did. Um, maybe others would agree. I don't know what you guys think, but I thought it filtered to the players. And we've seen Klopp constantly, whilst he's been at the club, talk constantly about guys continuing to encourage the players. When they make a bad pass, you cheered the idea, you know, and okay, the execution wasn't good, but we cheered the idea and we keep it going. And if, we are now constantly encouraging them. Yes, there were times in the games where the fans were encouraging, but I thought it was more a desperation encouragement than a necessarily uh, 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 the way that Klopp usually likes that encouragement to come through. Do you see the pressure of playing at Anfield under our fans becoming a, a bigger factor as the season goes on? Or, you know, because I, I don't think we've, we've quite learned that part of it yet. And I suppose that's something that comes with uh, experience or maturity in in being league league leaders. 
For sure. I think, um, I think, I don't know what commentators you had. Um, I had Steve McManaman on there. I watched it on BT Sport and he was pretty much like, um, I can't think who his core commentator was now. Um, I tried not listening to them because it just infuriates me. It's no fun when it's your team, right? And you're hearing utter nonsense being spouted, but he's like, Oh my God, he's done it again. He's done it again. You can't be doing that. He's got to do better than that. And it's just like, yeah, and I agree. I thought the crowd were very dead, downbeat. And um, as soon as the final whistle went, they went to Rio Ferdinand, who was in the studio, and he goes, Liverpool look nervous today. I think it's the pressure that's getting to them. So those were the kind of things that were said. I'm going to come to you, Sam. Your final thoughts before we close this pod off? Anything you want to get off your chest um, or a response to what um, uh, Tadeva just said there? Yeah, it's, it's easy to put it down to pressure when we drop points. But, you know, we're 24 games in. And that's the first time we've dropped any points to a team outside the top five. So, you know, to say it's pressure, it, it was inevitable we dropped points at some point against one, you know, a team that isn't one of the big six. And it, Leicester are probably one of the very best outside of the big six as well. So um, I don't think it's pressure. Is it still a bit early yet to, to just put it down to pressure? I think it is going to be a big challenge for us. Um the home games can be tricky when they do sit back like that. And I think it is important that we get our first choice midfielders back in there. And I'm, I'm absolutely desperate to get Joe Gomez back in there. I think we were just so much more solid when he was back there. You know, the guys have done brilliantly deputising for while he's been out. We haven't seen too much of a drop off, but the last couple of games has made me feel a bit more nervous about it. And I really would like to see us uh, get those boys back in there and get a bit more solidity in the middle of the park. And I think then maybe the nerves will reduce a bit then when we've got a bit more control of the game and these teams aren't able to counterattack so easily. So, yeah, that's that's basically it. Um, and I just, you know, are we going to get on to man of the match in a bit then? You can quickly do your man of the match, um, uh... I'm a bit broken, but I think we're all going to go with the same one. Um, I'm, I'm uh, guessing it's the same one, but I'll let you start off with that and then we will shut this pod off. Yeah, we are all broken, right? But um, just look at it this way. We're 14 games left. Um, it's going to be an absolute slog. There's going to be loads of ups and downs. I don't think either us or Man City are going to win every game. There's going to be points dropped. It's a long, long season. There's Champions League to contend with. Let's not panic when we drop points. Um, we've just got to get behind the team and, and you know, I really think we're going to get there. Um, regards to the man of the match, I thought Sadio Mane personally mm-hmm. stood out an absolute mile for me. Yes. I think he, every time he got the ball, he tried something. He, Ian, you know, most of the time actually came away with possession and he scored a lovely goal as well. And I thought he was a live wire throughout. Um, and yeah, I think he was one of the very few bright sparks <laughs> In a very, very disappointing night. But it's not all doom and gloom as we've touched on. We're five points clear. Come on, bring it on. Nice touch there. And what about yourself, Tadiva? Who's your man of the match? Man of the match was Rafa Benitez. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, um, I think Mane is probably the, the yeah. best shot and the standout from all of our players. Yeah, today, a lot of people in the chat are agreeing and I said that it can only be one shot for Man of the Match and I think you've echoed it, both of you. Although Gags does like your shot for Rafa Benitez. Yeah, I think Rafa gets a medal either way if we win. Even if we, if it's a runners-up, Rafa gets a medal. He deserves a medal. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay. okay, so Sadio Benitez gets the Man of the Match. Uh Okay, so there's your man of the match. Right, okay, that is the end of the Nina Kaza show. I want to close this pod off really quickly because I want to watch Crazy Rich Asians. I want to take my mind off things. I want to give a massive thank you to all the people that joined us live who called in. A massive thank you to Sam and to Diva. Gags will tell you how you get involved in Discord in a min- in a in a second. But first, I'm going to come to them too and see what they've got to plug. To Diva, you're a busy guy on Anfield Index these days. Come on, hit me with some plugs. Uh, yeah, so first plug is the Transfer Rumours podcast. We had one out, I think, on Monday. We recorded on Sunday, mm-hmm. just rounding up the last week of the transfer window, mm-hmm. who we think certain uh, clubs in the top six are going to be signing. Obviously, focus on Liverpool. We we don't see Liverpool signing anyone really um, coming in. It, it, it would be a surprise, in my opinion, if, if they do. Um, and then also, I made my debut on the wrestling podcast, 
So that came out, I think that's come out this evening, actually. So that was mm-hmm. fun, um, just reviewing the Royal Rumble, um, which is always a fun event to watch, not just for wrestling fans, but casuals as well. Awesome. Yep. And do follow Tadeva. Um, he's awesome and he does some great work on Anfield Index. So keep your ears and eyes open for that. And what about you, Sam? You're also very busy on AI these days. So any plugs? Um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of pods recently. Um, a lot of them have been to, to do with specific games, though. So I don't know whether you're going to want to go back to those or not. Um, and secondly, I happened to actually be in Liverpool this Saturday. Uh, so I'll be out in Liverpool on Saturday night. So if anyone wants to meet up for a pint and they happen to be in Liverpool, uh, give me a message on Twitter. I'm at Sambo Evans. Don't do it. He's got a poor sense of direction. You, God knows, <laughs> God knows where you'll end up, people. Uh, do follow yeah. both. Yeah, <laughs> follow both of these guys. They're awesome. They do some incredible work. Awesome Reds as well. Always speak a lot of sense on my timeline. I do like reading their tweets. Gags, I'm going to come to you. Discord, how do people get involved? Amfieldindex.com forward slash Discord. It's our own little uh, community. Uh, people are listening live to this show uh, right now. So straight after the game, you can get on and listen live, get involved. You can come on and speak to us. You can uh, leave questions, uh, laugh with us, whatever. Sometimes you can be angry with us as well. All in the same place, uh, all in Amfieldindex.com forward slash Discord. And if you're an AI Pro subscriber and you're listening, then you can just let me know. And, uh, you know, sorry, it's only subscribers that can listen. So, yeah, if, if you're listening on the free side, then uh, you get to chat to everybody. You get to be involved in all the uh, the free side of things. But if you're a subscriber, you get to listen live. So, yeah, uh, just come and join us on amfieldindex.com forward slash Discord. Get in there. And uh, it's it's really good. It's really good. And uh, obviously, on nights like this, it's going to be loads of people moaning and stuff. But that's part and parcel of being a fan. For sure, for sure. Yeah, do check that out. And um, if you want to listen to some very highbrow, excellent content, please keep it on Anfield Index Pro. There is some incredible content, stats, legends, you name it, we've got it. Um, the post-match row as well um, with uh, Trev Downey is always an excellent listen. So I urge everyone to check that out. There was a fabulous old school podcast as well on on Anfield Index recently, preview shows as well. So do check that out. Quality, quality content. Um, all you've got to do is go to www.anfieldindex.com forward slash join. There is a seven-day free trial. So check it out for seven days, see what you think. And if you like it, which you will, and then you can subscribe and be awesome, be part of the community. Um, for my part, thank you so much for listening. Um, I feel a little better after speaking to these guys. We are five points clear. And guess what? We've got West Ham and hopefully we we start winning games convincingly and start getting some points back on the board. Till next time, I will catch you in my next episode. And all I got to say is up the fucking Reds. Podcast Network.